Vincent Werbergs, Derby. Uh, a little while ago now, uh, my wife Sue and I went to visit the fair town of Buxton in the Derbyshire Peak District. It, uh, was the, it is the place where I was born. The year of my birth is classified information, <laughs> so I'm not able to share it. But I went looking for my birthplace up the hill, uh, Trinity Vicarage, just by the church. I, I went looking for the blue plaque uh, that would be on the wall. But someone had taken it or it had dropped off. Uh, nonetheless, it, it was a sort of homecoming. Since then, I've lived in 13 houses, and each of them in their own way has been home, particularly the last six, uh, where Sue has been with me, my wife. Home is where the heart is, we say. Home is where we belong. Home is where it is natural to be. Home is where we can be ourselves. Home is where we can be honest and say what we think. Home is security and peace and joy. Particularly at Christmas, home comes into focus. I asked the student this morning, what are you doing for Christmas? Oh, he said, I'm going home. Or you ask uh, an older person, maybe an older couple, and, and they say, well, we're not going away, we're staying at home, and the family are coming to be with us. Home is where we gather, home is where we belong. Now, we need to acknowledge that for some people, home is not a good experience. Memories from the past have been dark. Tensions for the present are, in, in the present are very real. The future is uncertain. Home is not necessarily good. And for many people across our fair city of Derby and across our country, people are without a home. They are homeless. But those situations are tragic because they are not normal. They are not what is meant to be. And I want to just reflect for a moment or two tonight about home and homecoming. Because the heart of the Christmas story is a homecoming. God coming in Jesus Christ to his world. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word Jesus Christ took on flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood, says one translation. God coming down from highest heaven to make his, his place on earth, to be at home here on earth in the first century AD. God coming to earth. That is right at the heart of the Christmas story. We call it the incarnation, God with us. God coming to the world that he had created and that one day he will recreate when heaven and earth come together in new creation. But God coming in the meantime to redeem back a lost world. That was true in the first century. He came to a broken universe. He came to a broken world. He came to a nation distraught and at war. He came to a people who were subjugated by 
the Roman Empire. And God still comes to our world today. It is the world that he created and the world that one day he will renew when he comes again in Christ our Lord. God coming to his world. God coming to a creation which is groaning and straining. I don't know what worries you particularly tonight about the state of things on a big scale, but I reckon fairly high on the list of many of us would be climate change and the crisis which seems to be overtaking us and which we are beginning at long last to talk about more and to get to grips with. And I want to say to you that if you're worried about that, so you should be and so should I, but we must see it through the lens of the fact that this world belongs to God. He created it and one day he will recreate it, which doesn't let us off the hook. It actually makes us more responsible to care for our world because one day the stuff of this world will be part of the new creation. The other thing about God coming to his world is that he came then to the nations which were warring and he comes to our national life today. I don't know what you felt like on Thursday, but the, the weather was as foul as our mood. As we went to vote with uh, not a lot of joy, but we did it. And the result is what it is. How did I vote? I'm not telling you. And nor will I ask you how you voted. But what I want to say is that where we are now as a nation, and we've come through some pretty horrible times, must be seen through the lens of the fact that God still rules. And this is God's nation. And Europe is God's Europe. And the world is God's world. And therefore we strive with every bit of energy we have to make the world a better place as he prepares to come again. And what God, when God came uh, in the first century in the person of Jesus Christ, he came to get alongside individual people, Mary and Joseph and the, uh, the, the wise men and the shepherds and the disciples, turning their lives upside down. And God who makes his home here on earth comes to each one of us because he wants to make his home in our lives and in our hearts. And so God coming to earth to make his home here is one thing. That is his initiative. But his initiative is also an invitation for us to make our home with him. And when we do so, in the words of the first reading from Isaiah, we, we make our home with the God who is a wonderful counselor. The God who will pour wisdom into our lives. And if tonight, I have no idea, but if tonight you've come to church and you are, so I'm not going to hit you, it's all right, you've got such long legs, uh, <laughs> unlike me. And I love your hat. When, when God comes to each one of us, he comes as a counselor. He comes to bring wisdom. 
I don't know whether tonight you are a bit bewildered. You may be, for all I know. Bewildered about what has gone on in the past. Bewildered about where you are today because of what, what has been before. And I want to say to you that if you make your home with God, he will come into your bewilderment and inch by inch he will bring meaning and clarity and renewal. The God to whom we come is secondly the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. And if tonight there is a sense that you are, you feel failure, you know what you should do, but you can't quite do it. I'm like that all the time. My wife says, you know what you should do, just do it. Do what I say. And your, li your life will be wonderful. But, but sometimes we just can't get round to doing that. And the God who calls us home is the God who will give us power to do the things that we know we should do but can't do because of our own weakness and our own frailty. The Father, the Counselor of the Father, sorry, the Counselor of the God, and then the Everlasting Father, the God to whom we come, is a Father. And if tonight, in any sense, you feel insecure about the future, uncertain about the decisions you have to make, uncertain about your health, uncertain about your children, uncertain if you're a child about your parents and what's gone wrong with them, why are they so obdurate, Whatever it may be, God wants to come and he wants to put his fatherly arms around you and he says, I want to, to give you assurance and security and hope for the future. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. And if tonight you are any way troubled and who does not get anxious? Hardly anyone here I think would hold their hand up and say, I have never been anxious then God wants to invade your anxiety with his peace, which is not a glassy calm, but a mighty confidence that he knows the answers and he will lead you forward. So God's initiative in coming to make his home here is also his invitation for us to make our home with him. And the initiative and the invitation turns out to be an intention God intends that you should come to him. He came unto his own, same reading again, John 1, and his own received him not. But to as many as would receive him, he gave power to become the children of God. And God comes to you tonight and he says, I want to make you, maybe for the first time, maybe over again, I want, you to, I want to make you my child. I, um, I listen to FM, classic FM, quite a lot. I love the snatches of classical music that we catch squeezed between the adverts uh, and, the, uh, and the news. It's just lovely on the odd occasions that it comes. And I, just listen, and I was riding, driving along and um, I was at the traffic lights and it, it was the carols. One of the cows, oh, come all ye faithful. I mean, it's just amazing at Christmas. All this wonderful spiritual theology floating from the BBC free of charge. <laughs> I remember a couple of years ago, 
uh, they played a piece from the Messiah, and the guy said at the end, oh, he said, that was wonderful. Uh, it, it just wouldn't be Christmas without the Messiah. And I was thinking, it wouldn't. <laughs> wonderful. But on this occasion, I was arrested because it was a verse of O Come All Ye Faithful that, that we don't often sing. Christ for us sinners, born in a manger, fain we embrace thee with love and awe. Who would not love thee, loving us so dearly? Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. It's so simple, so profound. Who would not love thee, loving us so dearly? God poured his life on earth in Christ that we might come home and know his love and his truth. And we come because he is the truth. And we come because he is grace and life. And he says, I want you to come home. Some years ago, um, before I married Sue, um, I spent some time talking to her father. We used to go down to their bungalow in Lincolnshire. And Sue's father was a wise and a witty uh, and a very compassionate man. And he would talk to me. And he, he liked me because he talked about economics. He talked about the state of the markets. He talked about stocks and shares. And I listened and said nothing because I hadn't a clue what he was talking about. <laughs> and he quite liked that. And on one occasion when I, I went to him trembling saying, could I marry Sue? He said, well, he said, are you sure? He said, she's very difficult. <laughs> I said, well, it, it'll be all right. And it sort of has, hasn't it, really? <laughs> but then one day, Sue said to me, you know, my father said to me once, Sue had been working away in Geneva at the United Nations. Uh, I don't think she was running the United Nations, but she was, she was doing something there. And she came back, and she sat down with her father, and he was just a lovely man. And she was obviously troubled. She was upset. She, was, she didn't know where next to go. She hadn't, at this point, met me. And um, so she poured out her, her love to her, her situation to her father. And her father said to her, you do know, don't you, love, that whatever your situation, you can always come home. Five magical words. I have to confess that I've looked sometimes at my sons and I've said, you can always leave home. <laughs> And that is not good. But Sue's dad said, love, you can always come home. And God, our Heavenly Father, who has revealed himself in the face of Jesus Christ, who died upon the cross for love of you and me, looks at us tonight and he says, whatever you've done, however you feel, wherever you've been, whatever you're thinking of doing, Whatever your past, whatever your guilt, whatever your sin, whatever your sadness, you can always come home. May God help us all to find our home in him. For Jesus' sake, amen. <laughs>